Welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby with Sam Bygrave, that's me. You can tell that the bar world is getting back to a bit of normalcy just by the number of international bar stars coming to Australia on a regular rhythm. People like my guest on this episode, Ian McPherson. He's the bartender and owner of Panda and Sons in Edinburgh, where he also owns Nauticus, a neighborhood bar with some world-class drinks. You might know of Ian though because of his experimentation with and development of freezing techniques for the bar. Switching was the first one of these. Another one, suppression, he developed last year. He likes to look at transforming ingredients through the application of cold rather than hot, which is the way with so much of cooking. He's also a guy who's always on the road, so I talked to him about those techniques, the benefits of being on the world's 50 best list, why he describes Tales of the Cocktail, Spirited Awards as the Oscars of the global bar world, and his thoughts on the world's cocktail cities. He's got some interesting things to say about Sydney. All right, let's get into it now. My chat with Ian McPherson. Ian, uh, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work from Boothby. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. We're sitting here at Old Mate's uh, place in Sydney on the rooftop. It's, you've been out in Australia. You're doing, uh, you've been to Melbourne, doing some seminars down there, a couple of masterclasses up here in Sydney. Uh, what brings you to town? Yeah, I was really lucky. Like, um, actually, it was Tash that really drove the whole project and then partnered up with like Mark from Regal Rogue. It's well, been an amazing trip. Because of Black Pearl's 21st birthday. Black Pearl's 21st birthday, which was an absolute bomb. <laughs> How was that? It was so much fun. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, it's going to be okay. And then like by like, I opened the doors at 8 o'clock. 8.15 was absolutely rammed. I was like, shit. <laughs> um, but it was really cool. Did a mass class, really well attended. And then went up to Orange to see where uh, Regal Rogue's made. Yeah. And all the base wines. And then we had a really fun party at Hickson House. Because yeah. obviously they do a lot of stuff. They do stuff in the Summer Cup. And then did a mass class there, which was fun. And then, yeah, just been catching up with friends and checking out all the all the bars. Like Sydney's exploding at the moment. Yeah, and you yeah. you're from Sydney. You were born. I was here. actually born here. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I tried getting my passport the other day, and they're like, no chance. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? So I left when I was two. Is there a there time limit on it? The, the the rule changed six months before I was born. So you used to get an automatic passport. But yeah. now now it's like no, nah, you have to have like one person. One of your parents has to be a national, and you have to oh, live yeah. here for five years to get a passport. Oh, okay. yeah, it's super strict. That sucks for you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I was like, yeah. Well, you've got one of my favorite bars in the world, Panner and Sons. Can you tell us a little bit, what's the elevator pitch on Panner and Sons for anyone who hasn't had the, the opportunity to get there just yet? Um, aside from the daiquiri challenges that we do so sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that, yeah. I think that was a one-off, right? <laughs> I had a very uh, nice uh, after, after work drink there one night. Off the record, I think Sam says he won the Daca <laughs> Challenge, but we're not sure. I did it's win still that off, one. Still I did win that one. But, um, Nick Miles came second. Yeah, like yeah. Pandas, you know, you've been there. Like you go in, it's very warm. It's very like, you know, a lot of wood, wood features. Lot of, like, very lot traditional front to it. Traditional, a lot of tweeds. Yeah, it looks yeah. like very old school. But then like the other, the opposite side of that is like behind the scenes of our R&D and lab, we do very much like freezing techniques. So we kind of pioneered the whole like thing about freezing and you know like even like old mates here it's so cool to see they've got a switch cocktail. yeah there's a drink on here with uh, with the switched it's, it's for me for me it's like humbling when i see that kind of stuff but, okay just quickly on switching what is that because yeah it's a relatively new technique there's a bunch of people different people who listen yeah. to the podcast yeah what, so, what is it? so switching in a nutshell is basically like you, the first part of it is basically freeze concentration we've got these super cold freezers they can freeze out alcohol experts yeah. Um, and then we get we get the freezing point right, and then you, you freeze the water, take it out, and then you switch it in with something else, a different flavor. Yeah. And that's it. And, and what's the benefit for doing that? What's the why well, why bother going through all that work? The, the, the good thing I say is like you know like you know when you add a flavor, you're adding dilution. But with that, if you take the water out, you call it like basically you know for example, forty percent spirit, six percent generally water, 
we call that existing dilution. So if you can cut into that, you under dilute. And then when you add the new flavor in, it keeps it to the same ABV. Yeah. So you can have like, for example, like imagine a jungle bird, you know, it's a really cool drink, tiki, long, but yeah. really lots of juice. But with switching, you can have the same ingredients, but take the water out of the rum and then add pineapple in. So it's still more boozy. So you get more of a Negroni style jungle bird. Right. As opposed to that. Cool. What's yeah. the, what's the, what's the kind of signature drink on the Panda Sun's menu that sort of shows this technique? Um, our, one of our most popular drinks is the coconut daiquiri. So it's, it's so good, but also cause you take the, sounds good. take the water right of the rum, put Thai coconut milk in, you clarify it. But that's another thing good about switching is you can add texture without adding dilution. Right. So you also get really creamy drinks. It's kind of like a milk punch style, yeah. but without, but it's a lot more booze forward. Okay. Um, yeah, and that, that's a banging drink. What was the thing that kind of led you down this path? I mean, uh, I don't want to, like you went to basically ice cream university yeah. or something. <laughs> I learned the other day. That, that, that was what, it. So, what, is, what, what possessed you to want to go do this? Okay, so. Like, How did you find that the what, freezing thing was the thing I want to go and, and nerd out on this stuff? When I was really young, my dad was in a, he was in a big ice cream company, but like obviously I was getting loads of frozen treats all the time, very spoiled. <laughs> but then when I opened Hoot the Redeemer, I actually based that around lucid dreams. So you know, you wake up like 3 a.m., you have a really clear dream, fall asleep, and you can't really remember. Yeah. My friend taught me, to, if you just train yourself to write it down when you wake up and go back to sleep. Like the moment you wake then up. Then you can have it, and there's a memory point, you can see it. A lot of times it's hilarious. You just write in a language that doesn't exist. But <laughs> one day I was like, then there was this thing like, it's kind of the film Big with Tom Hanks, where um, everything became like an adult funfair. And with that, it was like boozy ice cream. And I was like, cool, I want to do this. I was like, I don't know how to make ice cream. So first of all, I went to University of Reading in England, studied science of ice cream. And then- Based on a dream that you had. Based on a dream. <laughs> and then and then I was like, okay, what's, then a lot of Italian people were like, no, gelato is so different. I'm like, oh, I don't really think so. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go anyway. So I went to Bologna, Italy to gelato university, which is actually <laughs> thing. And now, now I'm a certified gelato maestro. Um, but, you know, the I should have introduced you as maestro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the maestro. <laughs> nah. but, but I think Salvatore would be pissed off about that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, but then but then coming in from a bartender's perspective into that those courses, I was like suddenly like it was very sciencey. I thought it'd just be fun making ice cream, but it was a lot of science involved. Right. You know, they taught you a lot about how freezing works, how it affects flavor, and I was like, oh, hang on, we can do a lot of this because you know we we follow a great path. Where we look at chefs, kitchens. You know, CV is a great example, like adapting it for drinks. Yeah. But actually, you know, you think about freezing, there's not a lot you can do with food, apart from like ice cream gelato and like a weird fish I've had, Siberian fish that's frozen. There's not a lot you can do. So if we're following that path, we never pick up anything freezing. Sure. But that was it. And I started like Googling stuff like, does this work? And there's just no information about it. And I was like, maybe yeah. I'm onto something here. And yeah. then that's what I do now. So every time I look at, you know, things that are heat techniques, I'm like, can I do something that's similar? Yeah. So, freezing? uh, you mentioned briefly in your in your masterclass mm. at Hickson House that you are the next iteration of what you're trying to look at is like a, a kind of basically burning by like yeah. freezer burn. Yeah. And how would that work? You know, I was thinking about it. If you can get a blister from freezing, yeah. which you get from when, when it's too hot, I'm like, surely there's something there. Yeah. And if I found these old pits of kit, kit called anti griddles, which um, Alanea developed at the Mission Star restaurant in LA, um, LA, no, Grant, Chicago. Grant Ackett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he developed this yeah. product, but it just bombed. No one bought it. <laughs> I remember the Andy Griddle coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But it bombed. No one bought it. Yeah, right. So, so actually, it's actually so rare to find these bits of kit. When, have, have you ever done any work on, because when they when they, they launched the Avery, right? They had yeah. all these blast chillers yeah. and the, the perfect spheres of ice that were cracked into it yeah. and stuff. Did you have a look at that at all? Yeah, like yeah. I, I tried to them a lot. Like a lot of team that are no longer there, they they were learning about switching there. You know, I find it really fascinating. So, like, you know, I think in reality is like they were probably the first 
evolution of freezing stuff. And then right. we, we've taken it a different way. Yeah. But yeah, the anti-griddle is like, it's basically like, you know, those freezer plates that you make the ice cream rolls with, but it's even colder. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, what, what if you put strawberry puree on there for 20 minutes? Is it going to change its flavor? Yeah. And I think it will. Yeah. So I'm excited about it's that. A, it's a watch the space. See watch what the happens, space. Huh? Yeah. Freeze burn. How much time do you take each each week, let's say, in a normal week of, of a trade or whatever, to work on this R&D stuff? Usually I'm actually in my lab like four or five days a week. Right. Um, and then usually I, what I do is I take time off from traveling November to February yeah. to really just just go in there on my own and just, just lock myself up and just, just yeah. go for it. Yeah. So that's, that's like even like last year we came up with Supresh on which was our alternative sous vide. Yeah. Um, explain, yeah. explain that. What's, what's yeah, that? Yeah. So about? obviously, in a nutshell, sous vide. Because when you, you were talking in the masterclass, yeah. and I was like, you have completely lost <laughs> it. <laughs> so obviously, we were we also at heat techniques to see if we can do something similar. So I looked at sous vide, and I was like, the two main things about sous vide is the vacuum chamber starts the infusion. Second part is the water bath, which is the marrying process. Yeah. And for a long time, I was looking at like, you know, like Scotland is very cold, like a lot of pipes burst in the winter. I'm like, there's a lot of energy there. Yeah. So I researched like, you know, water expansion during freezing. It's like the force generated is 100,000 PSI. So if you look at a carbonated drink, that's actually two, three times stronger pressure than actually carbonating. So if you're like uh, flash carbonating something. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. stronger than that. It's stronger than that. Right. But obviously right at the fizz, but then I was like, what, what if we can harness that energy without it expanding? So we found these like two liter kegs, stainless steel kegs that could hold it in. So we batched up the drink, you know, one of our drinks got like, you know, vermouth, gin, but grapes. We put it all in together, yeah. right to the top, tight, put it in the freezer, make it freeze fully. Because it's trying to escape, it goes into the fruit like a vacuum chamber would. What's trying to escape? The, the, the liquid. So the when, liquid, when it's right. freezing, it tries oh, expanding. Yeah, so it's, right. trying to, it's trying to obviously go out, but it goes inwards yeah. into the fruit, just trying to find any space that it can go into. So that kind of, that kind of like is the similar part of the vacuum chamber. Right. But then when it freezes fully, the flavor molecules suspend. And then when it defrosts, they combine together, they marry together, just like the, the water bath. So obviously <laughs> if you made two drinks with sous vide, the same drink, sous vide and special, they taste different, but it's a similar goals. And right. then that's why we do it that way. What's the, what's the difference in flavor that comes across? The good thing about freezing is that you maintain the fresh flavors. Right. Although, like, you know, especially fruits and the subtle acids and all the delicate flavors, like, which you get lost when you cook something. Yeah. Like, you know, I like cook strawberry. But here we can keep the fresh strawberry flavor, but just change it. Right, okay. Um, and actually, the cool thing about Supression is that's probably been our most successful one in terms of adoption. Because obviously, like freeze drying, which we do, you have to buy a freeze dryer. Switching, you have to have a really cold freezer, so you have to buy that. Yeah. But with Supression, now you can just use your normal freezer. Right. So that's, that's, what, that's why everyone's just taking it on. Because obviously you buy the kegs, like what, 40 bucks? Yeah. And then that's it, you're ready to go. What is it about you that kind of, you obviously get off and like develop a technique that yeah. hasn't been developed before. And, and then, because you always talk about it, you tell yeah. people how you did it. Yeah. What's that, what is that about for you? You know, a lot of people are like, why are you monetizing this? But for me, I'm just like, I'm, no, I'm just so happy to see the-, the Suppression you know, trademark, you know? No way. <laughs> but like, I just love seeing people message me like, hey, I'm trying to say, you know, I've got people like in Turkey, you yeah, know, right. Africa, fucking Asia, like all That's these amazing, continents, it's yeah. so cool. And it, like, for me, it's just like, just, you know, being able to, I don't know how to say, like just seeing this, the, the whole bar industry just like exploding in terms of techniques. Yeah. You know, I think if you monetize it and say I passed away, I'm not, you know, no one's going to remember you, but I think now, like, you know, hopefully when I'm long gone. So there's a bit of a legacy thing there. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be cool. That is cool. Um, and also for, Scot weirdly, I was like researching Scottish people 
we have the most inventors per capita <laughs> anywhere in the world. But it's crazy fuckers. But you know, but for me, it's just, I mean, it's basically happy seeing people take on the, the stuff. Yeah. Um, and also it's great for my team. They, they love it. So I'm always constantly creating new stuff for them to learn. Yeah. Um, how, how big is the team at Panorin Sons today? 15, 16. No, that's, that's it's not pretty small, big, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I said, we were, it doesn't feel big, but it's like, you know, 120 capacity. Yeah. And we're just crank, you know, we're just fucking turning tables. I think the last time I was in, in Edinburgh, I got in there just not too long after open and it was jammed. <laughs> well, that, that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just, and also like, you know, I think from a family perspective, my parents were really proud of it and, yeah. yeah, like my money, money's not my driver. That's not what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, it's just actually just the the, the, um, the desire to keep learning. You know, yeah. every day I'm learning. Yeah. I think that's what I said in the, the talk. You know, like look at that Jiro dreams about sushi. Like this guy's 98. And he's you said this was day. your 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 hangover movie, right? You, uh, hangover movie and also motivation movie. You know, for, for example, imagine like freeze burns not going as planned. I'll just put that on, and I'm like, come on, come on. What is it about that movie that speaks to you? And the character of Jiro. I love that guy. He's so humble. He's got a three-star Muslim restaurant. Yeah, every day he wants to learn. One of his chefs, um, his job was to massage octopus. And it took him <laughs> two years for Jiro. was like, he did well. And then the guy just burst into tears. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even like he's that old. His sons are like old as well. His, yeah. his sons can be grandfathers as well. Yeah. They've all had to leave. Because he's just not going to stop. Because he's not going yes. anywhere. And they've all opened their <laughs> ones are like one star Michelin. But this guy's just like, no, honestly, you watch it and he's just like, oh, I can do this differently. Every day he's like, how do I, how do I, how can I make this better? Yeah. But yeah. So what, uh, Panera Sons 50 years from now, you're still going to be in the lab? Hopefully. <laughs> you know what, I, I was thinking, I'm thinking about what, what the end goal is and I'm like, how can I, can I keep bartending until I'm 80? So I'm like ready yeah. thinking about kind of develop like shaking, maybe get Crowley shaking machines so I'd have to do it. <laughs> Trying to work out a way to like make it like a retirement home, but yeah. it's a bar. Now, uh, Panera Sons isn't your only bar, you've got Nauticus as well. Nauticus, yeah. I've, uh, I've been there once, I believe. Once? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've been there twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. been there twice now, actually. And it was it was fantastic. It's like a it's a uh, kind of local boozer, yeah. but just really great drinks as well. What's what's the difference between Nauticus and Panera and Sons? And why'd you open that place? Yeah, so actually uh, I opened it with another amazing friend, Kyle Jameson. Actually, he worked in Melbourne back in the day. But he's a great, like, we, we call him the mayor of Edinburgh. Everyone loves this guy. <laughs> so we're bringing him in, like, let's get this guy in. But then also, like, all, all three of us sat down. We're like, we're going to develop a bar which we want to be come to. Like, of course, I, I love pandas. I love who they're doing. Yeah. But, like, we're like, what's, like, a place where you just have pints, if you want a cocktail, have a good time. Yeah. And that, that's where we developed Nautilus. Like, we want to make it feel really old, really classic style, but just a fun place. And actually, the first, it was the first time, like, obviously, pandas, who the redeemer, city center. Yeah. But... That's the first time I opened a neighborhood bar. Yeah. And I love it. Cause you have you have like half of your half of your customers are regulars. Yeah. And you just like go in like, how's your dog? Like, how'd you run the vet yesterday? Is it all good? You know, like, I've never had this experience where you actually yeah. have, you can just walk around the place and just yeah. chat to people and continue the conversation. Yeah. So I think after that, we're gonna just continue that model of like opening neighborhood bars. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh question for you. How many hours of sleep do you get at night? Because <laughs> you seem to do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff, but you know what? I, I take sleep very seriously. <laughs> okay, right. I, I, I make sure at least seven hours. If I, okay, if I all right. Yeah, you talk to people like Martin Hudak, and he's like, and he loves just like he four hours. Sleep. No, he's a, he's a maniac. Yeah, okay. It's always, it's always interesting. No, I, I find sleep is key. So like, yeah. I actually work long hours, but even like afternoon nap is my secret weapon. <laughs> you have a 20 minute nap, and then you can actually work longer. So even though I'm working like 12 hours a day, yeah. but the sleep thing makes it do it, so. What's what's the, the travel and uh, doing the master classes overseas? What's what's in that for you? Why do you like to do that stuff? Cause I you, love it. You travel quite a fair bit, right? Yeah, I mean, even like over the two months, I've been home for two weeks, I think. Yeah. 
But I love it because I'm, again, educating people. And then you're seeing them, like, even here, people like talking about freezing. There's, like, the penny drops. are like, holy yeah. shit, there's a whole other universe of stuff we can do. But also just a way to think about things, right? Yeah, like, that's it. And then I can see all these guys coming over, like, coming out they're, 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 I can see their brains going over there. Like, oh, I've never thought about this. And, like, I know they're going to go back to their bar and just start doing stuff. And yeah. one thing I love is, and like, you know. doing their bar manager's grief. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but the good thing is, like, you know, even, like, the our lab's a collaborative space. Because obviously I can do the mass class, but actually the best way to learn is doing it practically. Mm. So even I had a guy from a really cool bar, Kink in Berlin, came over for three days to learn. Right. But everyone's brains works differently. Yeah. So he's already learned what I've done, and he's already taking it a different direction. Right, okay. So the more people that are thinking about it, the more there's going to be more techniques being created, and that excites me. Imagine like a whole family tree of people who have created yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, and also another driver, actually, not legacy thing. My driver is, we've taken so much from the kitchen. How cool it would be one day when the kitchen takes something from the bar? And it's not happened yet, but... I mean, the chef's ever going to do that? They're a bit arrogant. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if that happens, I'm like... I'm done. Yeah, I yeah. I've achieved yeah. my goal. No, that's my I'm that's good. my main driver to get to get it the other way around. So I think that, that's I think that's the biggest difference. Like I think that's why everyone perceives bars a bit less than restaurants, is because we're not really creating our own techniques. Yeah, we're always taking it from them. But if we can keep keep evolving this thing, I think yeah. it will change a bit. Well, like but the, the buying from the guests is different, right? Because it's yeah. like go to buy, get a drink, and it's kind of ancillary to a good time. Whereas like sometimes with these big restaurants, you go there because you're basically food worshiping. And, yeah. You know, Pouring over every little detail of the meal and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think yeah. in that film, have you seen that film, The, the Table? I haven't yet. No. Oh, is it mate, good? It, but it's exactly <laughs> that. It's exactly that. It's just people just like, you know, know jizzing over food. But... <laughs> I think I think we kind of moved. We, we're, we we're getting that, there. We're getting we have, there. We, we've had that moment in bartending. I, mean, you know, I, I think yeah. I think I think Birdie is a great example of that. Yeah. Where you know it's still drinks focused, but the food's still banging. But you have that really like fine dining experience yeah. but in a really lovely way you, know, so you, yeah. don't feel, you don't feel like you can't talk yeah so i think Bardi when i was like this is cool yeah it's it's probably yeah. i think one of the it's a really great expression of what australia does well with yeah. produce and spirits and stuff and the way luke brings that together yeah he's like a visionary kind of guy he's a genius know? um what have been your favorite bars on the trip so far Bardi caretakers i think caretakers is cool tell like, me, yeah tell me why what do you love about caretakers it's new <sighs> I, I see it, it's like, it's not the same, but it's the same feelings as not, because, you know, you have, yeah, uh, people coming yeah, okay, in, yeah. they, can, they, can, they can smash a pint, not have any cocktails, they can have really good cocktails, yeah. music's good, the hospital is so friendly, yeah. it's just a good party vibe. Yeah. It's, 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 basically, it's basically like, you know, I'm too old to go to house parties now, <laughs> but it's a house party for 30 to 40 year olds, you know? <laughs> you, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. This is like, going to a house party where the drinks are fucking great. Yeah. And, like, and the bus cool. closes at midnight and then you go home. Yeah, of course. Yeah, always. <laughs> always go home after that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> um, with, the, with the travel stuff, what are the, like, because I, I mean, we bumped into each other at uh, 50 Best in yeah. Barcelona last year. Yeah. I saw you like two weeks ago at Tails. <laughs> yeah. um, what is it about those big events that you find interesting? What, why do you go to them? Because you've been to, you've been going to them for yeah. a long time now. First time I met you was at Tails, and that was 2014. Fuck, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. Just meeting new people, like I said. I met you. I met, yeah. met the whole like Blackpool team at the time, like Sammy, you know, Matt Sterling and all that. Yeah. It was just cool. Mitch. Um, and that's it. I think just connecting. I think that's the main thing I love. And also just being able to talk about your bar in a really global perspective, a global audience, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing. Does, does that help the bar at home and everyone, do you think? In I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, 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 th I think in the money 
perspective, no. Oh, if you're telling the accountant, you'd say, absolutely, right? Yeah, but my accountant's like, why are you buying flights? What, what, what is this bill for? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just like, networking, yeah. I'm working. And they're like, yeah, sure. Why, are you, why have you bought another 10 panda suits? I'm like, yeah, it's a uniform. It's a uniform. I didn't see the panda suit out in Sydney, so I'm disappointed. You know what? I was, no, like the, the, um, I was really upset because we bought three. Actually, no, I did. Sorry, I did. Yeah, but, but we actually bought three panda suits for tails, and they were faulty. And like, and Nikki was wearing his. It was like the saddest panda ever. It was like the semi-deflated panda suit. I was like, oh, that's depressing. For sort of uh, younger up-and-coming bartenders, how how can they approach working with brands? Because I, like, I saw you at the Hendrix thing, and you were <laughs> in one room just making some tasty drinks for like a couple of hours, and it was a very strange Hendrix experience, as all Hendrix experiences Hendrix, are. Yeah. yeah. How how can younger bartenders think about trying to, I mean, make some money that way, but also sort of flex their creativity in that kind of way. What advice would you have? I think to start off with, A, they have to be patient. You know, it's not going right. to happen overnight. I think a lot of people are just, they want things to happen tomorrow and they have to tell them, like, no, things take time. And then, well, the way I started was you attended the cultural comps. You got to meet the people there. You right. start doing cultural comps. So you start building your profile. Uh, and then go to any industry event. Just just get your name out there. Meet people, yeah. connect, and then start going to the shows. Maybe do some events, as I say, normal normal bartender, like a big Hendrix event. Oh, we need 10 bartenders. Yeah. Do it. And then slowly but surely you start doing that. And then I think the biggest thing for me when I opened Panda is like, I need to get my profile up. So I went really hard on the comps. How, when, when did you open? 2013. Yeah, no, 2013. So 10 years in November. So, and then you entered like every cocktail comp you could find? I did, yeah. So wow. I, like, on a global scale, didn't, I was in a couple global finals, but like just, just especially on a national level. Yeah. For, like For example, here, focus on Australia. Make sure you win some comps, Australian comps. Right. And that's how you get your profile up. And then hopefully when you open your own bar, you're kind of ready. Um, and then any opportunity to do stuff, just... Your day off, just go. What, what, what do you say to the, the argument that people are like, well, I shouldn't have to end the cocktail comps to get my brand out there per se. I should just be able to open a great bar and people should come. Yeah. Unfortunately not. Like, I, think, I think people that just expect you to come to your bar, just, I think you can't expect that. You have to, you have to, you have to shout about yourself yeah. in a good way. There's um, a lot of bars out there. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I think obviously we had a benefit 10 years ago, even people that opened a bar 15 years where you're kind of peacocking because there wasn't so many bars. But now everyone's <laughs> screaming and shouting. You have yeah. to work harder outside of your bar to get attention. Yeah. And as much as people hate social media, that's a very large part of it. You have to be there yeah. shouting about stuff and doing stuff as well. It's very important. Well, because the bar's still a business at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And this is kind of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It's marketing, yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to be a marketeer of yourself. You have to be. You have to look at yourself like you're. You're your brand. You have to be a brand ambassador for your own brand. Yeah. And you have to look at how brand ambassadors do their work for spirits brands. And you have to kind of look at that and kind of do something similar. I, I think it's in a lot of ways not to denigrate any brand ambassadors I know and love, but it's yeah. like if it's your own brand that you're working, I think that's probably it's kind of noble. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a yeah. nice thing. It's, 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 it's um, genuine. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, authentic. Yeah, is authentic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that amazing word, authentic. Um, how important are like the, the global lists and, and bar awards like Tales and World's 50 Best? Uh, you're on the uh, the Drinks International Bar World 100. Yeah. You know, I bring that up only because I'm on it this year. Yeah, so congratulations. That's yeah, no, it's very happy with it. should it. be. No, like, it's cool. It's like, my sideways of getting my own Oh, plug no, in. look, it's, it's, it's amazing <laughs> to be that. And I'm just really proud as a Scottish person to represent my country. I'm yeah. sure like yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I'm not sure how much it impacts like trade in the bar. Yeah. But I think from a global perspective, it keeps you current and it keeps the, the work out with the bar continuing. Right. Um, like, I mean, but Pan and Sons has been on the 50 best has been. before. Um, it's on the 100 at the moment, I think. On the 100s. Um, does that result in better trade in the bar, do you think? 
I've talked to people in Asia, and when, when they're on the Asia 50, like I talked to some of the guys, so like immediately after that, our, our, our trade went up 30%. Right. Um, Scottish people, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but, but There's a lot of Scottish no, men. Yeah, yeah, the, the funny thing is like, we actually were in the 50 in 2020, but that was in lockdown. And actually I was thinking to myself, I was like, we can't, we can't capitalize on this because like we just fucking, there was like two of us like secretly drinking in our bar and I was celebrating. Get... I was like, this is, I'm happy and depressed at the same time. I was like. You should just get another run the next year, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. They should, they should just like postponed it. Okay. But I, then, I didn't then, know but that. I talked yeah. to other people and it does impact them. Um, yeah. But fingers crossed, maybe this year we get on there and we'll see, but yeah. and then I'll let you know. But yeah, like I know in Asia, especially like people are very big on looking at the list and coming in. Yeah. Um, I think Europe as well. But we've, we've not felt it yet. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen it in certain bars in Sydney that, you know, the next week it's like, oh man, they ruined my favorite bar. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so busy it's all too the time. Busy. It's great for the operator. Yeah. So. Um, what about Tails? You you were you were uh, hosting Top. at the Tails. Well, so at the Spirit yeah. Awards. Yeah. Yeah. the most us. <laughs> You're on the red carpet doing <laughs> all the interviews. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was interviewing people that won and I didn't win. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> looking back and I was like, this is depressing. This is the worst no, way to do it. No, it was cool. Like, 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 you know what? Like, I, I see, I love Tails. It's the biggest, you know, drinks gathering in the world. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to go to Tails because... I think the rest of the world all kind of generally understand each other, but Americans are actually very different. You know, it's like, it's like two worlds. Yeah. So for me, just to go there and to understand the way they think and the way they work is pretty interesting. What, what's, what's it about the way they think that, find, that you find interesting? It's just different. <laughs> it's just a different culture. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good or bad, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> but, very, um, yeah, very different. But, but you know, like Spirit of the Wards, like, you know, 50 Best is probably like really big, but then I think Spirit of the Wards is like the Oscars for bars. Right, okay. You know? I yeah. think that's what I see. And I think that's what the big drive. But I, I, one thing I love about Tails is when everyone goes to Bacchanal on the last day. Uh, <sighs> I could do a whole three podcasts oh, about Bacchanal. I love Bacchanal. What, I is lo it, what, what is it about that place? I, I, I think A, it's out of the uh, the French Quarter. Yeah, but, but also, <laughs> it's away from the madness. But also, it's uh, we've survived. We've made it through. <laughs> so everyone's like, congrats, you're still here. Yeah. You're not in hospital, you're not flown I've back I've had some early. very shaky times there the night after the awards, oh. but they changed it this year. It's like- They're smart this year. But they put the awards on a Thursday. So I, I actually went to Bacchanal on a Wednesday. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to make sure I got there. Pretty meditating. I had to, I had to. I had, we were over there with some uh, some younger guys from Australia. So I was like, got to show you it. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get there after oh, the awards. so good. So. You know what I love about it? It's like, it's just the simplicity of it. You just really great wines, cheese. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Cheese wine. You know, yeah. like, cool. But there's a band on there. Band. Outdoor seating area of all the like, like, nice fairy lights about. It's just, it's just a special yeah. place. Yeah. The last time I was there was what? I think 2018. And there was a band on the stage. And I think it must, he must have been a brand ambassador or someone. Got up and joined the band. Started singing. Yeah. Started singing. But it was, um, it was like, I, was, I was born by the river. That, that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. But it's during Donald Trump times and everything. And, and it was like. People were crying, man. It was like this really cathartic moment. Might have had to do with the fact it was fucking day six at Tails. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a, like, I will remember that for the rest of my life. It was amazing. You know, I, well, I remember so much of the back and I was actually meeting you, the, 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 you know, the black pro team at the time. Like, yeah. as a young bartender, actually, Tails is very overwhelming. Cause you're like, everyone yeah. knows each other. Like, you know, I felt really like anxious. But actually, those guys were like, no, just hang out with us. You know, and like, I, I really remember that, like, just feeling welcome to a group. Yeah. As a young bartender, not you know, had, didn't have that profile I have now. Yeah. And I always appreciate that, especially Sammy. That's obviously we're, we're in Puffy Boys now. Yeah. Like, he was just so, so welcoming to me. And I, he that's is what I the loved. greatest connector in hospitality. Yeah, that's what I loved. 
Yeah. And every year, like, made lots of reading about Killing Tales again this year. And I was like, <laughs> he, he was just so nice. You know, having that guy that was like, you know, so high profile in my, my eyes and yeah. just taking me under his wing. I was yeah. like, I always appreciate that. He's, he's a gem of a human. Can't wait to see him in October in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I can't wait to check out Puffy Boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you do a tag over there, I'll wear a panda suit. Okay, right, there's done. a deal. All right, you can be a puffy I'll boy. Shake your hand on yeah, that. Yeah, right done. <laughs> you can actually be a puffy boy. That works for Okay, I'll, I'll wrap this up because there's drinks to drink. What what has been your favorite cocktail cities in the world? What's the, what's the most exciting right now for you? Because you do get around a bit. I think the next big city in Asia is going to be Bangkok. Yeah, I can see it's like it's not quite there yet, but it's gonna go up. It's some exciting stuff going on. There. Yeah, I was there a couple of months. I think ago. Like BKK Social Club. Wow, what a place! Yeah, um, the biggest surprise for me actually was Jakarta. Yeah, right. I had no expectation, and I went there. And I think one thing I loved was like they—I call them the Scottish of Asia. They have the same banter. <laughs> oh, really? They, they, they're taking the piss out of someone as a sign of endearment there, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> I feel at home. Yeah, and yeah. They, just, they just love drinking, love partying, really, really friendly, and I was like. The people there, I was like, this is great. Um, and also the bars, actually, the level, like Cocktail Club, most of the bars, I was like, they, they're, they're doing really well. I, I think the only downside to them is they haven't quite worked out how to market themselves yeah. on, a global, on a global scale. But um, I think there's a lot of good things going to happen there. Um, Europe, I think, is ready, kind of ready established. Yeah. Um, actually, Sydney. Sydney and New York are the two places I've been to um, that I find this is energy where there's like a new wave of bars opening up. You, you know, know how to play to the crowd, man. Yeah, and that's it. You look at here, like all these, yeah. like, you know, like the last time I was here was like six years ago. Maybe Samuel Group's now exploded. All oh, right, yeah, okay. Really, it's very I've different seen now six years ago. Yeah. Most people like, you know, talking to all the other bar operators, they're opening new bars this year or next year. Yeah. I find that New York, you know, for New York for me, it was, you know, a cool city, but I always thought the drinks were not at a high level. Yeah. Now you're seeing like, you know, Overstory, Manhattan, Double Chicken. Double Chicken was amazing. Martinis. Yeah. Martinis. You know, oh, Martinis is incredible. You know, it's this the whole wave. There, it's but they're actually understanding, I guess, how to say like European slash Aussie style hospitality service drinks. Yeah. Whereas before they were just like classics, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now yeah, they're yeah. seeing this whole like new wave, which yeah. is good. Well, new York's exciting again. Yeah, it's exciting again. Yeah. So I think Sydney as well. Like, like obviously yeah. you've been here so you didn't see it, but like from when I was last year to now, yeah. it's like, there's a good energy about the place. Yeah. You're not going to be able to walk back to Melbourne now, by the way. So they won't let me back in. <laughs> Sorry, Melbourne. <laughs> All right, yeah. Jan, Ian. Actually, can you tell me why do people call you Jan? Because it's my Scottish spelling, <laughs> I-A-I-N. So when I was younger, obviously these kids, you don't know how to pronounce things properly. So it was Yayan. Right, gotcha. And then Jan. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Or well, Ian. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers, mate. Thanks to Ian for the chat again. You can tell I clearly enjoyed that interview by how much I was laughing. Thank you to all mates in Sydney for hosting us as well. If you like this chat, if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. It really helps to get the word out there. And give it a rating in your podcast player of choice. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.